Learners are not the same as they were when we were kids, when our parents were kids, when they were designing teacher education programs for colleges. Well, it's not that time anymore. Like we need to be equipping new teachers, but also the veteran teachers with tools so that they can manage their own lives. Because if you can figure out how to handle your own crap, it's so much easier to then try to help someone else. Welcome to Education Rx. The education system in the U.S. is sick, and we all need to find ways to heal it. I'm Holly Bronson. I'm Shannon Donaway. Together, we have almost 50 years of experience working as professionals in a school setting. We may not have all the answers, but we're looking for people who have a piece of the solution puzzle. This is Education Rx. All right. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us for episode two. Last week was a little heavy. Like we had to have some conversation about what the problem was so that we could turn around this week and get to the good stuff. Yeah. Today's interview is um, a little more fun. Yeah. We get to talk with a teacher that we know from our district. Her name is Courtney Ham, And she went into this really cool program called Breathe for Change. Breathe for Change, which I had not heard of. Right. Um, so it was super exciting to talk to Courtney about it and Dr. Nankin. It is a social emotional program that uses yoga for teachers and students. Right. Dr. Nankin, her name is Alana Nankin, and she's the founder and CEO of this awesome agency, Breathe for Change. And she found ways to create a social emotional curriculum, basically, where it starts with really giving those skills to the teacher and then showing the teacher how to bring it into the classroom using breathing exercises and yoga poses and even beyond that. Yeah, and I feel like Courtney, our um, our teacher today, had a lot of good examples of how she's using it in the classroom to benefit her students. And how it helped her. This is going to be awesome. I'm excited because it's really positive. So let's listen. All right. So for the record, after 30 minutes of trying, <laughs> Shannon and I have got our friend um, and colleague, Courtney Ham online with us. Courtney, will you share your sort of credentials, what you do, and and maybe why we're talking to you today. Yes, certainly. Uh, Courtney Ham, and I am a special ed teacher in Durango for Durango 9R Schools, and I'm going into my second year with our severe needs population, and literally all that that encompasses. So not just kids that would be considered life skills with low cognitive function, but also our kiddos with social emotional um, disabilities and um, disadvantages in that regard. And we're doing this because things need to change drastically. <laughs> Amen to that. Sister. Oh, boy, <laughs> never need to change. <laughs> so you and I got talking about this at the end of last school year, mm -hmm. and you were telling me you currently are um, working at Park Elementary School in Durango, Colorado. Yep. Tell me some of the things you were sharing with me that Park implemented last year. It was very different than some of the other schools, but you saw some yeah. good. Yeah, it really was like the 2021 year was when it really started. We, you know, we all had to go remote in 2020 and finish out the school year that way. So then they let us come back and we had shortened days. We all had to wear masks. We completely revamped all the classrooms with like 
you know, measured out three feet of space and everyone had a taped little bubble they couldn't leave and hand washing protocols. And we had all the things and everyone was like, oh my God. And the previous year when all of our kids had to go remote, our principal had sent this long, like almost like a manifesto about like, remember what our kids are now staying at home with because some of them schools, their safe place. And so she really like right when we were coming back from spring break, she nailed that home. And it was so true for so many of our kids. So I think there was a lot of concern right off the bat. And because we are an EL school, an expeditionary learning school, there's always been an emphasis on what we call crew, which is essentially like a homeroom. But it really is the essence of what we do at an EL school because we talk about how to be people in society, how to exist together. So there is a social emotional component in that because we're trying to foster within our students this um, understanding of like the habits of character that our curriculum really emphasize. And so we were really like teachers and students alike having this heightened anxiety of what's thing, what's life gonna be like now coming back to school. And it was a lot of stuff that we did just to ease off the pressure. EL came to us and they said, we will help you shorten what you're doing. Instead of doing four modules this year, let's do three. The day ended sooner. We had more planning time. And we really just took pressure off kids. But we were the only school whose scores didn't tank. So then last year, 21-22, we're back to full bore, like, all four modules of the curriculum. We're staying till 2.45 every day with kids. Like at the beginning of the year, I actually got pushback from my bosses. I was like, guys, remember, like we did really well last year and we didn't stress ourselves out. And at first it was like, no, 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 no. But we didn't make any growth. And it's like, but by the end of the year, they're like, but we didn't tank either. And I was like, I know, because we made life easier on ourselves, on our kids. If kids were freaking out wearing their masks, they could raise their hand and say, I need a mask break. And they could go sit out in the hall and just like take a second and come back in. We had, uh, uh, thank God, our counselor um, who just retired though, uh, Stephanie Trudeau, she was like, we have got to push like understanding what's going on with the neurosequential model in the brain. So we spent the whole of the previous year studying what happens to your brain when it's in a trauma state, because we, we acknowledge that like COVID was collectively traumatizing. And last year ended up being the hardest year of my entire teaching career. And then in this program, I'm in this summer, it was like over 500 people, 90% of them were teachers and probably 75% of them were like, yeah, hardest year ever. What was the name of the program that you did? The program was called Breathe for Change. So my name is Dr. Elena Nankin and I'm the founder and CEO of Breathe for Change, which is an organization on a mission to enhance the health and well-being of educators, students and entire communities. And we run the world's only 200-hour wellness SEL and yoga teacher training that's specifically for amazing educators and community leaders, like all y'all who are listening, um, who really care about using wellness and social-emotional learning as vehicles for healing and social change. And Breathe for Change really started out of my own experience as a teacher. So I um, started my career in education as a pre-K teacher, and I taught 
the first ever full day pre-K program in a Spanish dual immersion elementary school in SFUSD and absolutely adored teaching. But when I was teaching, I was stressed, I was overwhelmed, I was just overworked. And, and that's when I first found yoga and these mindfulness practices. And it just completely transformed my own life and my well-being. And I ended up integrating so many of these practices into my classroom with my kids just organically and saw unbelievable transformations in them, both social, emotionally, but also academically. And I was like, there's something here that needs to be further explored. So I ended up pursuing my PhD in curriculum and instruction and becoming a teacher educator at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And for my dissertation, I ended up following a bunch of teachers that I had taught in the teacher ed program into diverse classrooms all over the country and world. And specifically, I was looking at how they would take up their ideals of social justice and action in their teaching. What I ended up finding was that across the board, these equity oriented teachers were similar to me, so stressed, so overwhelmed, were burning out. And that negative cycle of well-being was deeply impacting their teaching and their ability to fulfill on the social emotional needs of their students. So as I was seeing how universal the issue of educator stress and burnout was through my research, and I knew it through my teaching, and this was in 2015 before the pandemic, actually 2014 um, and leading into 2015. So seeing how universal the issue of educator stress and burnout was. And at the same time, I had just done my 200 hour yoga teacher training and got my, my yoga teacher certification. And it was like the most life-changing thing in the world. And the teachers that I was teaching at the time um, in the teacher ed program found out I was a recently certified yoga teacher and they thought it was like the coolest thing in the entire world. So they ended up renting out space in the student union for me to teach them yoga on Mondays in addition to my like three hour education courses on Thursdays. And one thing led to the next, they were all teaching in different classrooms, um, pre-K through fifth grade all over Madison uh, Metropolitan School District and beyond. and day after day, they would come up to me like, oh my gosh, Ilana, the kids who normally have anxiety attacks before tests are utilizing these breathing techniques that you taught us and their test scores are improving. Or, you know, the students who are experiencing so much trauma in the home are learning how to breathe and regulate their bodies and use these mind-body wellness practices that you've taught us and everything is improving. And I was like, okay, world, nothing's going to stop me. I see how universal the issue of teacher stress and burnout is and how powerful these wellness SEL and yoga practices can truly be for both educators and students lives. Like I'm starting a movement. It's going to enhance the health and well-being of teachers, students, and in entire communities. And that's when Breathe for Change was born. It was the beginning of 2015. And it's wild to think that almost eight years later, we are a growing, blossoming, evolving movement that's impacting just millions and millions of people, educators, students, families, communities everywhere, our whole system. So, you know, that first year I was like, we're going to do the world's only 200 hour wellness SEL and yoga teacher training that's specifically for educators. And I like talked to every educator that I knew in my entire life and somehow managed to convince 34 teachers that it was this extraordinary idea to come to Madison, Wisconsin for this 200 hour thing that had never existed before. And at the time to put things into perspective all day, every day, like 
early morning till night, 16 days in a row. So it's like educator summer camp kind of thing. So it ended up being just so transformational for these 34 educators. They went back to their schools and their districts and their organizations and were implementing SEL into every aspect of their instruction and leading mindfulness programs and yoga clubs for the kids and wellness nights for the families and start, you know, getting promoted to like SEL coordinator or like different leadership opportunities, leading PD um, everywhere for educators, for families, for districts. I mean, you name it, it was happening. And I was like, okay, we're growing. So the next year we had expanded to the Bay Area because I was like, we're taking it home where I'm from and New York and Sesame Street actually hosted us in New York. So when Elmo and Big Bird came, I was like, we're on to something, keep going. So we certified 185 educators as you know, internationally recognized yoga teachers and social emotional learning facilitators um, that second year across three cities and then 600 across six cities and then 1100 across 11 cities are growing. And, and then you imagine one, one leader who graduates from our training then has such a huge ripple effect in their entire, not just classroom, but whole school community. And, you know, we had admin taking it. We had paraprofessionals. We had K through 12 teachers, early childhood educators, educators, like education professors, um, people in education, nonprofits, school social workers and psychologists. I mean, you name it everyone was in our training. So you can feel the ripple effect and then COVID hit. And, you know, there's like a pre-COVID world where life was happening. And then there's like, a, oh my gosh, what is happening? And everything is flipped upside down. And so at the time COVID hit, we were in the middle of a bunch of trainings. I think we're in five cities of the 11 cities in like that spring 2020. We were we were in the middle of training, I think day eight of 18 and, you know, lockdown happened and we were like, what in the world do we do? And very quickly, we're like, there's hundreds of educators that we are serving, that we are supporting, like we've got to continue supporting them. So we just immediately took those trainings into the online space, like every educator had to figure out how to do. And it was magical. It was like exactly the community and the support and the, like the tools that educators needed to like get through the most tumultuous time of stress, of overwhelm, of unknown. And then for two weeks, we basically interviewed hundreds of educators and administrators and basically took a step back and everyone on our team interviewed and said, what do you need and how can we help? And it just became so clear that the two issues that were most pressing in the educator, educators and administrators' minds at the time of lockdown was educator stress and burnout. What do we do about educators' well-being, like mental health, retention, all the things, and then also student social emotional learning and mental health. And I was like, I've been saying these things are important forever. And finally, the world has caught on. And I'm sad that it took a pandemic for people to really prioritize these things. But it made us realize like we want to make our trainings and what we do accessible and available for educators everywhere. So we pivoted everything that we do into the online space. So now our 200 hour trainings are all digital. We have educators from every single state, countries all over the world in it. It's like a amazing community of like the most passionate educators who you know, some of them come to us because they're like at their final stage. They're like, I might quit. I am so burnt out. This is like the last, like, this is my, 
this is what I need to maybe be able to stay. Other people are like, come to us because they're interested in SEL or like or integrating yoga into the classroom. Other people come because of the social justice and equity aspects of our training and, you know, making sure that they're teaching SEL through an equity lens. And, you know, others come to us because they've had colleagues who've done it that, you know, completely transformed their lives and they've seen their leadership skills develop. And last year alone, we certified about 2,500 educators to our 200 hour training. And this year will be about 5,000 and next year, so many more. And you can, and you know, it's just magical. So it's been such an honor and a privilege to serve such diverse educators who are impacting communities every, every, everywhere. And you know, millions of students who are now getting these like mindfulness tools and, and, you know, yoga practices and SEL strategies and all these things can, that can help them become not only more aware, but to regulate themselves, especially in this stressful period of time for all of our lives. So that's the story. <laughs> and we're partnering with schools and districts now. So it's really exciting. That's such a great story, though. I mean, it's perfect, especially the timing of it, that you got it started before COVID hit. You saw that need. And um, yeah. you, yeah, and you answered like the first couple questions already. But I guess maybe maybe you could say, where do you see Breathe for Change going in the future? Do you, mm. you what do you see as far as any further needs or changes you might you might look for? Oh, I love this question. So I'm such a visionary. I'm like, I need to put that vision out there and I'm going to go make it happen um, in in collaboration with my amazing team. Um, so already we've grown beyond just our 200-hour training. So the 200-hour wellness SEL and yoga teacher training was like our core thing for the last um, seven and a half years. And it was actually the only thing really that we were mainly focused on in addition to, you know, partnering with schools and districts for some professional development. And because we have now like over 9,000 graduates who are like doing magical things in the world, enhancing well-being everywhere, we took a step back and said, what do we do for the people who want to take their teaching and leadership to the next level beyond the 200-hour training? Because we have people in leadership positions, superintendents getting promoted to all of these different roles. Like how do we continue to elevate these leaders who are interested in growing? And so this year we launched our 300 hour transformative teaching and leadership training for graduates who are interested in, in taking their teaching and leadership to the next level. And so they not only get their like 500 hour level advanced yoga teacher certification, like 200 hours plus 300 hours is 500 hours in the yoga world. So they'll get that, but they'll also get certified in our breathe for change teach method. So teach is an acronym and it's like the five things that I believe are the most critical aspects of effective teaching and learning, which is trauma informed teaching, equitable teaching. So T E a accessible teaching, C community-based teaching, and H healing centered teaching. So we do a deep dive into those five pillars in our 300 hour training. And we just launched our first cohort this year. It's so amazing because it's like our rock star grads who are doing incredible work. And now we're all, you know, growing and learning together. So that's super inspiring. 
we have hundreds in that training already. And then in addition, we, we were like, okay, well, not every educator is going to one have time or be interested in doing a 200 hour training. We recognize that that will not, um, directly interest every single person in the education system. So what can we do that helps truly like fulfill our mission, which is to change the world one teacher at a time, meaning every single educator and student. So we also just launched what we're currently calling our Breathe for Change membership, which is a wellness and SEL platform that offers educators. We're starting with our grads, but eventually we're going to launch it to educators everywhere. Um, there's like live wellness and SEL PDs that people can get like PD credits for grad credits for there's also yoga classes and meditations that they can pop into from our lead trainers who are amazing um, to enhance their well-being. There's daily wellness practices. So we've got mindful Monday, teacher Tuesday, wellness Wednesday, thankful Thursday, fun Friday, self-care Saturday and sacred Sunday. So we offer daily wellness practices for educators. And my favorite part is that we're doing now creating a school year curriculum so that any educator anywhere in any school or any district that wants to partner with us to really make SEL and wellness become the culture of everything that they do like this, they ha we have the curriculum to offer. So we have 12 values that breathe for change, starting with breathe for beginnings and then breathe for creativity and then breathe for gratitude and then presence, compassion, communication, inclusion, collaboration, social justice, harmony, playfulness, and inspiration. So each month of the school year is one of the, is a focus on one of those themes. And then we have social emotional learning strategies that educators can in implement into their instruction and integrate into their staff meetings and all the things for each month based on the theme. So this month was brief for beginnings. It's the beginning of the school year. So we have like creating your vision and intention setting and, you know, foundational mind body wellness practices to introduce at the beginning of the school year, like three collective breaths and the two word check-in and community agreements. That's something that we should do at the beginning of the school year to build an inclusive container. So all of this is from a big long-term vision perspective is we're, we're integrating it into our membership and, and we're also partnering with schools and districts way more to offer professional development for entire staffs, entire districts. And this school year curriculum is one element of, of that. In addition to the like PD that we offer. But what I'm really excited about is one day, you know, creating read for change school, certifying whole schools and like ultimately doing like a teacher education program where we can offer, you know, master's programs and, and really like think about like systemic change. We're it, it has to start with teacher education, like transforming the way that we're training teachers from the beginning, but then also ongoing professional development as teachers enter into the education system and then like support for entire schools and districts and states and the country and the world. So that's my big vision. I want to change the whole system. And I'm, it's just like, you know, one step at a time and, and it started with a 200 hour and now we're doing things like for those the people who want more. And then also how do people enter in, in a way that in addition to the 200 hour option. So sure. Well, and I think 
people listening to the podcast may or may not be very comfortable or have a clear understanding about social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're finding more and more research coming out about social emotional learning and how it impacts not just the classroom environment, but academics. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us just a little bit from your experience, not just as a teacher and doing your PhD on some of these things, but in teaching teachers, how this is impacting what social emotional learning kind of looks like. Totally. Well, I'll begin by talking about our approach to social emotional learning in Breed for Change, because there's a lot of social emotional learning curriculum out there, tons, right? A lot of it's like, hey, here's a scripted curriculum about empathy, teach your kids empathy and you're stressed and you're overwhelmed. Like how in the world are students supposed to learn empathy if the person who's teaching them empathy is not embodying what empathy looks like in reality? And so at Breathe for Change, we tag on the F to SEL. So you spell that like self, S-E-L-S, social emotional learning and facilitation, because we believe it's so critically important for us as educators and leaders, many of us as parents, including myself, to embody, to live, to breathe the social emotional learning competencies and practices that we hope to teach our kids. So at Breathe for Change, we always start with the educator. So we have our transformational curricular progression where we begin with a focus on transformation of self, which is all about as educators, how are we prioritizing and enhancing intentionally our own well-being so that we can you know, have a sustainable like life to be able to show up every day to do the critically important work that we're here to do. It starts with us. And then from that foundation of our own well-being, we move into transformation of relationships. How do we show up fully and enhance well-being in our relationships, whether that's our relationships with our students, our colleagues, the families of our students, our own loved ones. Like if our relationships are not healthy, then how in the world are we supposed to teach our students in an effective way and how are students supposed to walk away with skills, social emotional skills to be able to live fulfilled and thriving lives and perform academically in school. Because what my dissertation did reveal is the critical connection between social emotional learning and academic performance and demonstrated that if our students are stressed and if our teachers are stressed, like for example, in my dissertation, my one of my teachers I was following would say like, if I'm stressed, my students are stressed. And another one would say, if I'm calm and collected, my students are calm and collected. So there's that critical connection because we have mirror neurons in our brain. And if I'm showing up stressed, that literally will impact the way you are showing up and experiencing your current reality. And the same is magnified with younger children. So when young children are around adults, who are stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, frustrated, they pick that up and they take on those emotions. Literally, it's like physiological. And so we have to focus on how we show up as educators because our students are going to walk away with social emotional learning skills or not based on their interactions with us. And so from transformation relationship, then we move into transformation of community where we explore how do we utilize wellness, SEL, and yoga as vehicles for healing and social change across our entire community? How do we make you know, these practices integrated into our whole community? And how do we ensure that 
collective well-being is actually something that's prioritized and happening at you know this classroom level, the school level, the district level in our system. And so when we think about, you started this question asking about SEL and the connection to academic learning. If our student, if if our students are not well, if they are coming in and their mental, physical, or social, emotional well-being is not nurtured and cared for and acknowledged, if they're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, and they're not seen or accepted for that, and there's no space for them to talk about it, there's no space for them to process what's happening, there's no space for them to acknowledge the trauma that they may be experiencing, and for that to be totally supported and responded to effectively by the educators, then there's absolutely no way they're going to effectively learn. It's just that it is what it is. You cannot learn at academics, math, literacy, and actually focus on the content, the academic content, if you're thinking about the trauma you experienced last night because of X, Y, or Z that happened, or because there's a collective trauma that we're all experiencing. If there's no space to process and talk about this and and to have our social emotional needs met, then absolutely academics is will fall away. As much as we want to try, oh no, but we need to focus on academics. We need to focus on academics. And I hear it all the time. That's not the way to do focus on focus on academics by focusing on social emotional learning. And if you focus on um, ensuring that social emotional well-being is the focus that, you know, the five castle competencies of self-awareness, self-management, relationship skills, social awareness, and responsible decision-making. If we're teaching these competencies and we're giving our students tools, mind-body wellness practices, SEL strategies to actually help them cope with the challenges that they're facing, then with those tools, they can do well in school. So it's not that our students it drives me crazy when people say, oh, it's the student's fault. They're not trying hard enough and the families aren't trying hard enough and deficit thinking. That is absolutely not true. We aren't giving them the tools. We aren't focusing on the things that matter, which is their social, emotional well-being, their mental health. And if those things are good, they're going to thrive because they're ready to learn, they're they're focused, they're they're ready to come to the table to engage in creative conversations, to learn new things. And so, when I think about SEL, I also don't think about it as a different subject like history or science or literacy. I hear a lot. Well, I don't have time for social emotional learning. That's a big one. Um, I hear all the time. Oh well. Social emotional learning should be integrated into every single thing that you teach. It should be a way that you teach. It's like pedagogy. Effective pedagogy has SEL at the center. So like if you're teaching math, like how are you, maybe you're guiding them through a meditation to have them envision doing really well on this math test, or maybe you're using like a breathing practice or some mindful movement strategy to help teach a concept or bring something to life or to help regulate students before diving into the content. There's so many different ways that we can integrate these practices into academics itself so that it's not a subject, but it's how we teach. And that's definitely the focus that Breathe for Change. I think that's so powerful to really talk about how as educators, our job really revolves around giving these skills to kids because mm -hmm. we're raising 
the next generation of leaders and people who are going to be running the world. And if we don't take the time to teach them that, where is it going to come from? And during exactly. COVID, it wasn't just we were all freaking out because the whole world was experiencing this trauma. Then here in the United States, we had a lot of social unrest and, and people who had really traumatic experiences and that just escalated it even mm -hmm. higher. So I think that's that's like a non-stop, right? We have these things coming at us from every angle and the more we have those skills, the more we can make calm, rational decisions and when we think about these kids growing up and being leaders, we need them to have those skills. Nothing is more important. Can you share a little bit maybe about what your, um, the teachers after they've gone through your programs, kind of what they're seeing in the classrooms and the changes they're making or they're seeing in students or even staff? I'll tell you what, the reason I say that this program is the best thing I ever did was because of the self-work. When you're learning the, the philosophy of yoga and you have to ask yourself questions like where am I in my life am I showing not am I showing violence violence in any form like to myself am I being unkind am I doing something at someone else's expense if I doing something at someone at my own expense like those are all things if you interpret it the teachings to a modern world there's all these layers and you have to put that lens on yourself first before you can then learn how to push it towards others. So it was great because you learn how to look at yourself and look at the world differently, first of all. So changes your entire philosophy, which is wonderful. So much. I'm sure you have a lot, but. And it always ends up, it's like the last point they always say is, oh yeah, and their academics are skyrocketing. But it's like the, that's always a result, but it's like the other pieces, like their, their well-being and their focus and their fulfillment and their happiness and all the things that matter, like are the first things they talk about. And then it's like, oh yeah. And we are like, my classroom is 11% higher on all the academic tests. Like, so I hear it's like really amazing. So first and foremost, our teachers are actually like translating everything that they're learning, taking our SELF strategies, they're integrating it into their instruction. So, you know, people are settling in their students before every single class. They're walking in for math class or morning circle or history. Um, and they'll be like, okay, let's start with three collective breaths and we'll do a two word check-in um, so that you can all share how you're feeling right now, right? Even just the, the change of like starting class with a few breaths, and settling your students into class with a practice or an activity, settling into an activity, it has transformational results. Like I hear from teachers all the time, like different teachers are walking into my class and being like, what are you doing with your students? How are they behaving in that way? Like I can't get my students to settle down at all. And yours are like so engaged, what are you doing? And it's like, we're just taking a few breaths together before we start. It's really simple. Or I'm inviting them to do some mindful movement, reach your arms up to the sky, bring your hands to your heart, inhale, reach out, exhale, give yourself a hug. Like a few things like this can, one, build incredible community amongst students. Two, give students that moment to develop self-awareness. Oh, okay. Let me just take a pause before diving in and bringing everything that I'm bringing into this space. Let me just check in with myself and see how I'm doing. 
and what I need right now. It also gives educators space to connect more deeply to and understand the students. So for example, the two-word check-in is one of my favorite strategies that I do every single session I ever lead that all of our graduates are doing in, in their classrooms and in their staff meetings. You know, bring your hands to your heart, connect to your breath, take a moment. You can do this with me if you want. Just check in and notice how you're feeling. I invite you to find two words that describe how you're feeling right now. So two words that describe the vibe of what is happening inside. And when you've got your two words, your eyes are closed, you can gently open them. And I would love to hear from both of you. What are your two words? Shannon, what are yours? Well, my, my, the first one that came to mind was just calm because I'm at home and I'm feeling really good, but I do have to say the second one is kind of, um, just silly because my dog is next to me snoring. And so as I breathe deeply, she started snoring louder. So. Amazing. Amazing. And how about you, Holly? I feel, um, first hopeful because it's so cool to hear from other people around the world who have that same vision that we can change things and make it better. And it's just super exciting to hear what you're doing. Mm. And, um, I just feel really blessed that we're getting to have this conversation with you and learn more about your vision. And, and it's so cool what you're doing. I, I mm, love Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so like in, thank you so much. And in the classroom context, like you could do the two word check-in and literally just have everyone share their two words. No context around the two words, just two words. And it can be, take less than a minute to do that share. And it gives educators a pulse of like, what's happening in this space? Oh, my students are feeling silly, happy, sad, overwhelmed, stressed, all the things. And then you could be more responsive to what your students need, right? If you're feeling that level of anxiety, maybe you do a mind-body wellness practice, or maybe you offer space for a community circle to just engage in conversations where people can share what's on their heart. Maybe you do that before diving into the academics because your students aren't going to be able to learn the academics if, if their needs aren't met, right? So, so these practices are short, sweet, but make such a profound impact. And one thing that I have seen and I happen as a result of the training, but then I also reinforce all the time is the importance for that moment of reflection. So in any practice that you may be teaching, whether it's a two word check-in, three collective breaths, might be doing some mindful movement, you might be facilitating a community circle around some inspiring prompt or some, you know, courageous prompt. And at the end of it, no matter what it is, so important to take that moment, pause, check in with yourself, notice how you feel right now. So after those three collective breaths, how do you feel? Check in and then offer the space for people to share because it's in that moment of awareness. Oh, I feel calm. I feel inspired. I feel relaxed. I feel focused. It's in that moment of awareness that we are gifted the opportunity to make a choice in how we want to respond. So like, oh, I, and also how to manage ourselves moving forward. So that later on when I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling overwhelmed, 
I'm feeling frustrated. Oh, remember when I did that breathing practice? Or remember when I did that social emotional learning strategy? I felt more relaxed. I felt happier. I felt more confident. I can draw on that now to help regulate myself. So now we're addressing the first two social emotional learning competencies of self-awareness. Oh, I'm feeling this way and self-management. I can manage myself more effectively moving forward because I know how to draw on that practice that helps me. And so that reflection piece is really important. And we're seeing educators just have extraordinary conversations with students who are transforming their whole relationships to themselves. They're accepting their emotions for what they are. They're acknowledging what their needs are. They're shifting um, to give themselves what they need in order to feel like they can engage in the learning. And it's amazing. And I mean, our educators are, again, starting yoga clubs, SELPD, leading wellness nights, like integrating these practices into all aspects of their instruction and and really getting other people, other stakeholders in their communities on board to prioritize wellness and SEL. So that's also like these individual leaders are like doing amazing things, but then they're also getting the other stakeholders who matter inspired to co-create that vision for for collective well-being and to prioritize SEL. So it's pretty amazing. It is amazing. And this was not on our list of questions for you. So if you need to take a minute, feel free. Oh, no. Because Shannon and I are both um, more focused on special education, but I'm just curious, like, are you getting a lot of special educators, maybe even teachers who work with kids with behavior issues? Like, are you getting some feedback from them? And what does that look like? I would say disproportionately we're getting unbelievable amounts of special education. Because, I mean, what is more important to special education than SEL? So um, we... One of my co-lead trainers who leads the training is a former special educator, um, special education teacher. She was also an administrator of the whole SPED program in the New York City Department of Education. We have so many educators who focus specifically on students who have special needs. And it's absolutely amazing the impact that they're seeing. I mean, and all different, I mean, physical needs, social, emotional needs, mental health needs. I mean, there's all behavioral, psychological, all of the things. And the beauty of what we teach is that it's relevant to everybody. And that's why our teach method is so crucial because if you're teaching SEL in a way that, you know, is sort of some form of control or to like manage behavior, that's actually perpetuating the very injustices that we're trying to fight against here. So if it's used just like any other, you know, a hammer to a nail is amazing, but a hammer to glass can break the glass. And so like these tools can be used to completely transform students and us as educators from the inside out for the better. And they can also be used in a way that's just perpetuate. It's like another form of behavior management that ultimately is uh, disproportionately impacting our students of color, people from low-income communities, people with disabilities. Um, And so we are adamant in our training to to talk about how do we teach from a trauma-informed lens, teach um, so that everything is accessible to everybody, every person, every who has every ability. Um, And so 
special educators or special education teachers are are implementing this in so many incredible ways that are so healing for their students and their communities. And I mean, we have people in our training who are teaching this um, to deaf and hard of hearing communities, people who aren't able to see. We have people teaching this to, you know, in prisons to, you know, to address students to prison pipeline. We, I mean, we've got everything physical disabilities, mental health, I mean, all all of the things. And it it works across the board if you're teaching in a trauma-informed and in an accessible and equitable way. And my mission in, in creating Breathe for Change was to make wellness um, accessible to everybody, especially those that don't currently have access, which is where like that equity lens really comes through. And I think it, it resonates so much with people who work in special education. Let people know where they can find you. Yeah, so www.breatheforchange.com and it's not the number four, it's F-O-R. So breathe, F-O-R, for change.com. And you can find us there. We have a page about our 200 hour training. Um, so you can apply. We talk to every single educator who wants to, like the thousands of people, we have a conversation with you. So you fill out your application uh, and then schedule a call with one of our educator development advisors who've all taken our training and done amazing things in their community. They'll talk to you, they'll learn about your vision, learn about your background and see if um, our training is a great fit for you. We also have a bunch of resources available for every educator, no matter what. So we do like weekly wellness and SEL webinars that are free for educators everywhere, whether or not you've done a training with us. So you can check that, check out the resources section on our website and come to our next webinars. And those are led by myself and our other lead trainers. And if your school or district is interested in partnering with Breathe for Change, as I mentioned, that's another thing that's happening more and more because schools and districts are prioritizing what we do so much. We're now totally partnering with them. Schools and districts are bringing us in for PD for their whole staff. They're also spending a smaller group of leaders and educators to our 200 hours so that they can have like the leaders and then they get everyone impacted too. There's also information about how, if you're interested in getting your schools or districts on board or organizations for that matter, then you can reach out and schedule a call with our team to talk to us. So just go to our website, it's all there. And I would love for you all to show up to our webinars and be in our trainings and I lead all the trainings. So can't wait to send 200 hours with so many of you. And yeah, let us be a resource. Reach out to support at breatheforchange.com if you have any questions or you want to learn more about what we do and they'll point you in the right direction as well. So hopefully that helps. You can all, we're also on Instagram and Facebook and all the thing, all the, all the platforms. That interview was so awesome. And I think she had some really key points. Like I love that she talked about really starting with working with teachers on social emotional learning and getting the teachers in a good space where they have good skills that they can share with students. Yeah. And I think everybody can take away the information about how it impacts academics overall. Right. Right. And 
knowing that helping kids debrief or settle in before you start teaching can really lower their anxiety level because social emotional learning or SEL curriculums shouldn't be a separate thing that they do in the classroom, but should be woven into everything we're doing all day, how we have relationships, how we manage ourselves when we're stressed. Even like the activity we did where we were breathing. Right. Put it in any time during the day. It's kind of nice. Absolutely. And helps you kind of recenter and prepare for learning. I think that people who listen today have a lot to take away and really think about. I hope they'll go to breathe, F-O-R, change, <laughs> breathe for change, and check out their programs. And then next week, we're going to come back and talk more about some of the ways that people are managing um, social emotional learning in non-traditional ways. Like you're talking with I did an interview with Libby Coles, who is an administrator at Animus High School in Durango, Colorado. Awesome. And some of the, your kids go there, right? They do. And it's kind of a non-traditional model of high school. It's project-based learning and um, super focused on relationship building between teachers and and students and students and students. Yeah. And they're getting a really good outcome from that. And then I'm going to speak with a woman that I work with here in New Mexico. Her name is Kathy House, and she is a principal who, in the past, in several different districts, her job was to go into the schools that were failing academically and having lots of behavioral problems and turn it around. And so she has experience with quite a few different SEL curriculums and she's going to and behavior curriculums, and she's going to talk to us about which ones she's used and the ones that she found very powerful and why they were so powerful. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yes, it's going to be a great interview. So we want to make sure you guys know we need to educate ourselves. So we can change the world. We We can can do do better. better. You guys get back here next week. It's going to be great. Bye.